0: the voice calling prepare shalom thank you for joining us for the sermon of sunday december 5th 2021 from christ church jerusalem the second week of advent we turn to the message of the prophets and john the baptist and their call to prepare the way of the lord reverend aaron imey reminds us that the ancient prophetic message is still relevant to us today john was the voice in the desert And we are the voices today that must speak to the world the message of preparation and hope. We must also nurture a community living in expectation of Jesus' return. Friends, before we continue, we thank you for listening. As the pandemic continues, the return of tourists to Israel has been delayed yet again. Our ministry funding usually comes through the generosity of visitors to the Church Guest houses, museum, and those traveling with Shoresh study tours. As we continue to pray for the end of the pandemic, we ask you to remember us in your prayers and in your charitable giving. Stay connected with us through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our website, ChristchurchJerusalem.org. Now, Canon Daryl Fenton will open us in a word of prayer.
1: I think, as you all know, there are prayers for every Sunday. The one today is perhaps my favorite of all, or nearly so. Just a moment though, isn't it amazing that uh, God is with us? In a world full of troubles um, and challenges, personal and corporate, knowing that he lives within us and around us and upholds us, is an incredibly precious privilege, which makes his word especially important. So please pray with me in your hearts and minds as I read this collect. Blessed Lord, who caused all scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you've given us in our Savior, Jesus, the Messiah, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson.
2: I will read Malachi chapter 3, verses from 1 to 5, first in English and then in Arabic. I will send my messenger, who will prepare the way before me, He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers adulters and purgers, against those who defraud labors of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me," says the Lord Almighty. Sayyid <laughs> وسيأتي رسول العهد الذي تحبونه كثيرا يقول الله القدير ولكن من يستطيع السموت حين يأتي ومن سيستطيع أن يقف حين يذهب فهو مثل نار ساهر المعادن ومثل صنفون مبيد الثياب سيجلس كمن يطهر الفدة ليطهر اللاويين سينقيهم كالذهب والفضه وسيسرون كهنة الله الذين يقدمون التقدمات والذبائح الصاعده كما ينبغي حينئذ ستكون تقدمه يهوذا ومدينه القدس لله كما ينبغي كما كانت في القديم وساقترب اليكم للحكم وساشهد سريعا ضد الذين يمارسون السحر والذين يزنون ويحلفون بالكذب ويبتزون المال من العمال Waminal al the al This is the word of God.
1: A second reading is a reading from Scripture, but it's also a canticle. The canticle is a selection from Scripture or some other spiritual work, sometimes the Apocrypha. It's a response to scripture usually used in morning and evening prayer, but Aaron's quite wisely chosen to include it today because it relates directly to the text we'll be hearing in the gospel. It's called the Song of Zechariah. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies from the hands of those who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you'll go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, in the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. You may recall that was the, uh, those were the words of the father of John the Baptist. Now our psalm.
3: Our third reading is from Psalm 126. And I'm going to read the version from the prayer book. When the Lord overturned the captivity of Zion, then we were like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then said they among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Indeed, the Lord has done great things for us already whereof we rejoice. Overturn our captivity, O Lord, as when streams refresh the deserts of the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap with songs of joy. He who goes on his way weeping and bears good seed shall doubtless come again with joy, bringing his sheaves with him. This is the word of the Lord. our gospel portion
4: for the second sunday in advent of advent luke chapter 3 verses 1 to 6 please stand as we hear the good news of the messiah good news according to saint luke in the 15th year of the reign of tiberius caesar when pontius pilate was governor of judea herod tetrarch of galilee his brother philip tetrarch of Etruria and Tractonitus and Licinius, tetrach of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Anani- Anna- Annas and Caiaphas, thanks be to God, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in and every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth. And all people will see God's salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So in the second week of Advent, Advent's four weeks. First week we looked at judgment. You always prepare for the coming of Jesus with preparing for his second coming as the judge. Then in weeks two and three, the message shifts where we look at the prophets. What did they prophesy about the birth of the Messiah? And, uh, and we focus on the words of John the Baptist for two weeks. Uh, In the first week, it's always the voice of one calling in the wilderness, as that passage is used in all four Gospels. And then next week, it switches to the more fiery stuff of John the Baptist. And then in week four, we'll have a look at Mary. But today, the message of the prophets and John the Baptist, who's called the greatest of the prophets, which is pretty cool because he doesn't have a book. And he's not one of the literary prophets. He's one of the prophets like Elijah and Elijah who speak and prophesy and do great things but don't actually get a book. And um, looking at prophets and prophetic messages, it's not always easy to discern a prophetic message in the prophets. Sometimes they speak in one direction about a certain thing that's very physical and what they can see, and then all of a sudden they break into a very prophetic future vision. It's not always clear what exactly that they mean. Plus, it doesn't help that usually prophets, they're just weird. They dress weird, they eat weird stuff. And listen, anybody that walks up to you and says, hi, I'm hearing voices from the sky, you would normally go, okay, have you had your red pill this morning? It's a little weird Even today Someone who says I heard from the Lord Uh-huh We can get a little jaded sometimes And I'm 100% sure That these guys in the, in the Bible in, in biblical days Had exactly the same issues However John the Baptist Is actually pretty popular In fact at the, t- at the beginning Of the ministry of, of Yeshua Of Jesus He's way more popular than Jesus He's got a lot of disciples So his message It's pretty powerful, and it resonates with the community. So that's good. And the message of John the Baptist is very clear. Prepare the way. So how do you prepare? Where do you prepare? Why should you prepare? prepare? And is this message still relevant today? I would say yes. Sometimes we don't think. That we should actually prepare for the coming of the Messiah. So, the prophetic call begins in the Hebrew Bible, looking at um, our prophet Malachi this morning. And uh, so, he initially in chapter two, he's prophesying to an unfaithful people. Chapter two is a rather um, sort of very melancholy chapter where he talks about you've been unfaithful, you haven't done the right stuff, I really should bring judgment and perhaps in week 1 that might be a prophetic story that we that we read when we talk about judgment however malachi says that god isn't going to come and bring judgment he's going to come instead and bring a messenger the messenger is going to come and what is this messenger going to do messenger is going to appear to prepare the way of the lord And then the Lord will suddenly appear where? Where will the Lord suddenly appear, according to Malachi? His temple. Not in the desert, not in the Galilee, not in Bethlehem. The Lord will appear suddenly in his temple. Well, that's going to make the temple a rather important place, don't you think? You can see why someone reading Malachi can have a real urgency to rebuild the temple. Rather hard for the Lord to suddenly appear in his temple if there isn't one. Of course, we can get very spiritual and we can say, we are the temple now, yes, and I pray that the Lord suddenly appears in his temple. That would be nice. But never go away from the literal meaning of the text either. And so we will find, when we, when we encounter uh, Jesus as a baby in the temple, Simeon is there expecting the Lord to suddenly appear in the temple because that's what it said. And the messenger, Amalach, is going to come and do it. Well, that's fantastic. A malach uh, is a messenger, but it could also be angel. Okay. Could be. Uh, in fact, um, uh, my Malach also, Malachi, also went in front of the children of Israel in the desert. Malach, Malachi, my angel. Yeah, and so that's the meaning of uh, uh, the God, the prophet's name, Malachi. So it could be a messenger, human, could be an angel. So sometimes messengers can also be divine. I keep that connection there. Because the Lord will suddenly appear in his temple. Great, God is going to come. There are no punctuation marks in Hebrew, which can infuriate anybody reading Hebrew. Because the next sentence or the whole sentence continues. Because it says, My messenger of the covenant will come. This is not the same messenger. Before. First one's this messenger who will prepare the way. Then the Lord appears, and then the messenger of the covenant. What? Who is that? The messenger of the covenant, whom you desire. The first one wasn't so desired, but this messenger of the covenant is. Doesn't say that he's coming of the new covenant. Just says the word Brit, the messenger of the covenant. Well, you could take it either way if you want. However, the literal text just says covenant. Either way, whether you think it's the new covenant or the old covenant, the one with the Mosaic covenant, both of them are made with the house of Israel. That's always going to be a point. Now, Advent. Is a time where we long for preparing for Christmas and the coming of the Lord. But we have to, Malachi asks a very rhetorical question about the coming of the Lord, the Lord appearing suddenly in his temple. Who can endure such a day? It's one of those interesting, interesting thoughts. Come, Lord Jesus, wait, give us more time. Now, I remember when I first got to Israel in 1998. I was wandering around the streets of Jerusalem and I picked up a book in a bookshop that said 88 Reasons Why Jesus Was Coming in 1988. <laughs> it was on sale for half a shekel. <laughs> you could probably guess why. And I'm personally pretty glad that he didn't come in 1988. Why? Because I didn't get saved till 1991. So there is a tension between what we what we long for. Come, Lord Jesus, will be on our lips today, hopefully every day. But at the same time, who can endure? So there's this a little bit of expectation, and a little bit of imminency, and a little bit of good solid pressure that we need to prepare the way of the Lord around us, through us, in us, in our communities, and in the world that is outside. Who can endure the day of the Lord? Well, David has an interesting take on this in his psalm where he says, Who can stand before the Lord? Only he who has clean hands and a pure heart. And interestingly, in verse 2, you end up with this very interesting uh, phrase in in um, Uh, uh, Malachi where we find a a very rare Hebrew word, it's only used in a couple of places, called borit which is exactly the same consonants as brit which is very interesting, they look exactly the same and uh, borit in, in, in biblical Hebrew is often translated as launder's soap it's a special type of soap in the ancient world borit it was made with potash and, and and dead sea salt material it was made by the stuff that was uh, that you find down there that special salt and those special cleaning substances and was used to you know, really rub and scrape and you'll get yourself clean a bit rough isn't smooth might hurt give you little abrasions but it's interesting the messenger of the Brit, the covenant will come, and we might have to get a bit of Borit going on us so that you can endure the day of the Lord. It might also be interesting why our Dead Sea scroll friends, the Essenes, chose the desert as well, deliberately down by the Dead Sea, to get themselves ready. There are many questions that this this prophetic uh, passage opens up for us. Do we honestly really desire the return of the of the Lord? Do we have clean hands and a pure heart? Are we ready? And as you're contemplating that scripture, you know, one of the one of the there are many highlights during the service of a, of a, of a worship service. One of the highlights is obviously being able to meet together with the presence of the Lord. Celebrate and worship through taste. Taste and see how good the Lord is and remember his salvation. Another one is the reading of scripture. And as you ponder these words, there was a response, the canticle. And um, uh, Daryl introduced the canticle really well, that normally they are only said during uh, morning and evening prayer, not normally during Eucharistic services. Canticles are songs, they're scripture, That's been turned into a song, straight 100% scripture. They're not psalms. Psalms are already psalms. So people have gone through and they've taken words of scripture and turned them into songs that you would chant back, like beautiful Gregorian chant. And um, uh, there are 21 of them in the Book of Common Prayer. And if you're Catholic or Greek Orthodox, you've got like a lot more. And some of them come from the Apocrypha, which are really cool. And uh, when people pray, we can all pray free-form prayers. Yes, we can, and we should. We should always remember and acknowledge sometimes our emotions can get the better of us, and our prayers might go a little askew. So one of the ways to just keep us back on track is to have a prayer that comes directly from the Bible, because you can't go wrong. It is 100% true. So pray up a storm and then pray something scriptural. This is a good, solid base. But when you think about what the canticle says and the words of the prophet, of uh, Zechariah, who, who began to prophesy about Jesus and then switched uh, halfway through to his own son, John, who, was about to, uh, who had just been born. When we listen to the words of, the, of, the, of Canticle 16, it's called the Benedictus. If you wanted to go and find it, they're all online. They're in your Book of Common Prayer. Uh, it's called the Benedictus because it starts with Baruch atadonai. Blessed are you, O Lord. Um, as you go through the words of what Zechariah is prophesying, internalize them and ask yourselves these questions. Do we really believe that we are saved from our enemies? Because that's what the Messiah was supposed to do. Do we really feel the mercy that God has shown us? Zechariah says, you've shown mercy to us. Do we really, honestly feel that? Are we really, truly free to worship the Lord without fear? Or are we afraid for some reason? Do we understand our salvation and indeed believe that we are truly forgiven? And if not, then during Advent, we need to seek the Lord afresh. And understand these realities as being true. So have another little look at that canticle. So now looking at John the Baptist, the uh, greatest of the prophets. He's not in the temple because he's found another prophetic portion of scripture. The words of Isaiah 40, which are quoted in all four gospels. Where do you prepare for the way of the Lord? In the wilderness? See, we, in our English, always put in commas, but there's no comma in the Hebrew. John is a voice of one calling. "In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord." Or, throw your comma. John is a voice of one calling. He's calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. But where do you prepare for the way of the Lord? The wilderness. So John runs to the desert, just like the Dead Sea Skull people. And he's prophesying up a storm. And it's pretty popular. And, he's pre- and how do you prepare? People leave their cities. And they flood out into the desert. And He preaches. He preaches. How do you prepare for Jesus? Killing a few more animals? Saying a few extra prayers? Giving lots of money to the poor? It says, baptize for the remission of sins. Oh my gosh, where does it say that? Anywhere in Scripture. It's very interesting, brothers and sisters, that the prophetic spirit began moving or has always been moving through his people and people began to look hard at the text and when they went through history, they discovered that, oh my gosh, the sacrifices that we do in the temple, they don't save us. They didn't save Zedekiah in his day and yet how can we be forgiven when we're in diaspora with no temple and, 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 and very little, and no prophet what can we do? We can repent, and we can still get clean, because God had given us a way to be clean, with which was water, before we approached Him in our in our uh, in our with our offerings. And so, the Jewish people had already developed during the Second Temple period the idea of baptizing for repentance. Very, very popular. It was deeply personal. You did it by yourself. There might have been lots of people around. But John didn't touch you. Not like we do today. When we baptize people today, we we like to stand on the side of them and sort of hold their nose together like this and put them down into the water and wait for the bubbles to stop. So once they've had a near-death experience, we can bring them out and go, did you see God? I saw something. Okay, (laughs) But... But for the Jewish people, it was an intensely personal experience. You listened to the fiery preacher. You got excited about giving yourself back to God again and receiving his salvation. And you went into the water by yourself, fully knowing that that when you came out, you believed you were forgiven. What a treasure. What a message. Incredibly powerful so you often, we often, you will actually always see in our iconography when John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus, Jesus is in the water all by himself. And John the Baptist is off to the side, just pointing, because that's his role. He's pointing to Jesus and preparing hearts to receive the Lord. And he's a voice. Who are the voices Today. Who's speaking to the world today? Unfortunately, it's not often the church. Not if we're honest. Instead of talking about the gospel, the truth that Jesus is the Messiah, where so our, our leaders are too busy talking about climate change. Not saying it's not important. But what's more important, the gospel of the Lord, or they'll talk about economies and plagues, and so they're important, hundred percent important. But they've become more important than the truth that we need to prepare for the Messiah. So who are the voices today, brothers and sisters? If not our bishops? And, and, uh, and, and leaders of our churches. It's us. We need to be that voice. And who are we going to be the voice to? Family? Friends? Work colleagues? If we really honestly believe that the Messiah is coming soon, then what should our response be? Obviously, Internally, obviously, very personal. Obviously, we want to make sure that we have clean hands and clean hearts. But it can't stop there. If if our vo- if, if, we, if that's if that's all our voice is, is internal, and it's not a very loud voice. I remember that uh, uh, I had a, uh, a, an uncle. You know, how in Australia, we often say uh, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Well, my 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 uncle was John, and. uh I made it a particular point to keep praying for John, so I didn't know what else to do. Whenever we would go over to his house for Christmas, Christmas in Australia means it's uh, hot, and uh, it's a barbecue, and everything's cold except for the barbecue. Okay? Um, we obviously eat that very, very kosher food, cold ham for Christmas, okay? and uh, drink lots of champagne. But we get into a religious argument every single Christmas. Probably shouldn't have, because we were desperate to try and help John come to the Lord. <laughs> but uh, that, thats I don't know if, know if we did it right or if we did it wrong, but at least we did it. And if we did do it wrong, the Lord forgive me. But brothers and sisters, we have to be the voice. If we truly, honestly believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that we need to pray for our families that don't believe, we need to pray for our, our workmates that don't believe, we need to have a serious concerted prayer of it. Lord, I don't know what to do, but say, John, do something. And if you use me, great. But we have to be the voice, brothers and sisters, because the world has taken over the message of Christmas. It's turned it into a shopping bonanza. It's turned it into who can outgive each other their gift. And unfortunately, this Christmas is surrounded by fear. There is fear you might not be able to get your toy because of our... Um, our supply, supply chain problems and, and all kinds of things like that. You might even be able to get into the store. Who knows if we've got workers anymore. That's a terrible thing, isn't it? But the real problem, brothers and sisters, is Jesus might come back today. And if he does, as the prophet Malachi says, who can endure? Only he who has clean hands and a pure heart. You and I, brothers and sisters, are the voice. And so we need to be, as a community, we need to be incubating the passion and excitement of Jesus. We need to be incubating a place where we can send ourselves out and receive people in. Because, you know, the danger of actually sharing the gospel is someone might actually believe it. And then they'll go, well, now what do I do? Notice that? That's what they'll say. Now what do I do? So many times we're so concerned about this is what you believe, but when you actually read the, the scriptures, every time someone came to faith in the Gospels, guess what question they asked? Now, what do I do? It's called discipleship. We have to incubate a, a community of disciples and disciples. We have to incubate within ourselves that passion again to expect the Messiah and get involved in sharing Him. So, Let's sing our hearts out on the streets of Jerusalem. The, the Christmas carols, why? I personally really love Christmas carols. Why? Because they're incredibly true. The, the gospel is right there. You don't need to do anything else, Just just sing. Get involved with us here at, at Christmas Eve as we share with everybody who comes. And then get involved within ourselves, reminding each other to prepare a way for the Lord. So Advent, brothers and sisters, is a season of personal reflection? Yes. But it is also a time to motivate ourselves to be the voice because we have much to share. And I want to finish with the words uh, read by uh, our brother, uh, Deacon Neville. He got to read Psalm 126, which he pointed out to me, about, might have been about six months ago, that... The entire psalm is in plural, except the last verse. The last verse is in singular. And many translations get that wrong. Oddly enough, the prayer book got it right. And I was standing off to the side, I was like, wow, that's brilliant. It got it right. He who goes out weeping and bears good seed... He will doubtless come back with joy. Who is the He? There are two at two Advents here. He goes out, he comes back, he comes back with joy, and he brings with him his harvest. Friends, He's coming. Let's make the harvest as big as possible. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening.